0: Yo, and hello, everybody. Mike here, baseball collector. Hey, it's Ty. Wait, Hi. Ty. it's over there. What's up? I'm used to pointing that way, because I'm used <laughs> to being where you're sitting.
1: Hey, hold on. Let me let me make it more natural for you. There you go.
0: Uh, that's all right. Put me back on the other <laughs> uh, Hey, dude, we got a cool topic tonight, don't we?
1: I can't wait. We, we've you been know, talking about doing this for about a month. We have. We finally, we finally found the right guy, so I'm pretty excited about this.
0: Yeah, I mean, with the sports card... Hobby booming the way that it is. More and more people are flipping cards, selling cards, selling stuff they've owned forever because they just can't afford to keep it anymore. You name the reason. Yep. People are doing this a lot more, I think, in the last couple of years. And there's been a lot of questions, slash controversy, slash debate on. Okay, do I have to report all this crap? <laughs> you know, do I need to? What do I need to do to keep the IRS off my back? And, you know, Ty, we're, of course, experts in everything here on Bench Clear Media, right?
1: Absolutely. Yep.
0: Including taxes. Oh, wait. Maybe we're not. Maybe we need to bring in an expert, someone that does know a lot about taxes, to help us sort through this. And we're what you and I can do, Ty, is we're going to ask a bunch of questions that maybe other collectors out there are thinking about. Guys that are going, What what do I do? And this should be actually a bench clear university episode, honestly. Right?
1: University or not. People just want to know That's especially right, this year, right? When there's so much profit, profit floating around. Yeah. People don't realize what they need to do. So let's do this. Well,
0: hey, let's bring somebody on that knows what they're talking about. It's Frank.
1: Hi, Frank.
2: How are you?
0: Hey, Frank. You uh, first of all, welcome to the show here. And Thank you for having me you're welcome. Thank you for your time to do this and hopefully we can drop some knowledge on some people about what they really need to be thinking about, maybe some things they don't need to be concerned about that they might be. And first off, I'd love to have you just tell what, you know, what your occupation is, which they're going to guess pretty quick, and <laughs> maybe how long you've been in the hobby, what you collect, touch your YouTube channel a little bit because I know you're you and I've been friends for a while but you're relatively new to youtube and so just do all that real quick
2: sure my name is uh frank i live in metro detroit i am a partner at a cpa firm uh i've been doing accounting and taxes for about 25 years now i graduated michigan state and university of kentucky and in addition to that even for long as i can remember i have loved collecting autographs my goal in life is to get all 333 current after tonight's vote baseball hall of fame autographs and i currently stand at 283 and i start just started within the last month showing them off on my youtube channel baseball hall of fame autographs actually it's baseball hof autographs so you yeah. can see a little sample of my man cave behind uh, as
1: well everyone's intimidating looking at that right now I can it's a shrine
0: out. it's Sorry. truly a shrine and it's impressive and uh yeah, one you're...
2: thing I have to say before we start the opinions tonight are just my own, not of my firm. And to indicate that, I brought my little hobby hat on <laughs> and show I'm serious. I even have my glasses. So, okay. Well,
0: okay, let's all, this is a nerd topic. We're going to just.
2: Is look a all...
0: nerd topic. I
2: agree. Okay, we all have glasses on. That's good.
0: Yeah. yeah, I mean, we're, we're fitting the part. Where's your pocket protector? That's my only question.
2: I am a more. modern accountant, which means I look at your shoes instead of mine when I am talking. About <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like I, it. I got
1: to ask a question about the collection. What is your favorite autograph that you own?
2: Okay, my favorite. Uh, I have two favorites. Uh, I, I don't want to bore your audience too much, but before I started collecting the deceased autographs, I, my goal was to meet every living Hall of Famer, and one Hall of Famer that never did a show growing up was Al Lopez. So way back when Smalling had his book, and this is way before the internet and all that, I looked up his address, I wrote him a letter saying, I live in Michigan, and he lives in Tampa, can I come down to your house and get an autograph? He wrote me back saying, when you come down to Tampa, I will sign one, and he underlined it, autograph, but he did not sign the letter. I still have the letter and so again this is way before MapQuest and everything so we had a friend in Tampa he spent hours finding his house he looked deep into a country club so we go there we knock on the door he's not home uh I look and I write a letter I leave it in his mailbox in the mailbox with the keys to his house which of course I would never go in <laughs> we come back an hour later thank God he's there signs the autograph for me i can't believe you came into michigan for me ba blah, blah blah. then i learned a month later he put a note on his door saying i will no longer sign autographs at my house so wow. that is my wow. favorite in person my favorite autograph altogether is a detroit tiger slash detroit wolverine named sam thompson uh mike probably is familiar with him ty i don't know if you are or not he died in 1904 he had no direct descendants his autograph consisted of one autograph known until a couple of years ago. His great niece, the great, great niece happened to find a couple of signed postcards. And I was able to connect with the person that bought them all. And I was able to acquire one of those. And so I feel I'm the only person in Detroit that can say I have an autograph from every Detroit Tiger ever inducted in the Hall of Fame. They so know Cooperstown Same. does not have one of those autographs. That's insane. Wow.
0: Your house is like a little mini Cooperstown.
1: Seriously, I'm jealous of the 40 you don't have. What's, what's the most difficult to acquire? What's going to be the most difficult?
2: Well, Pete Hill, I'm sorry. Frank Grant was a Negro leaguer. Rumor is he was literate, couldn't read. He couldn't write. No autographs are known to exist from him. I'm sure Mike knows this because I see this little book with baseball autographs in his background videos. There's no known autograph known of him. And I know it's an impossible task. I'm not stupid when i started this quest it will never be complete
0: but it's fun the journey's fun so the fun.
2: journey's fun I'm, unfortunately i'm getting towards the end of the journey i hate to say it. i'm looking at auctions now i like have them have them have them so
0: <laughs> well ty let me give you a perspective you've been to my house you've seen my collection i have okay. i'm at 248 is my number and the hall of fame autograph collectors know there's what's your number and and you know that answer is how many different hall of famers do you have i have 248 Frank, you're at two eighty six. I wish two eighty-three. Two eighty six 28- will be hard. So but the difference between my two forty-eight and his two eighty-three is is the cost of a house. Like, no kidding. <laughs> like you're talking That's about a, a
2: small house, a very small house. So
0: uh, it's a pretty big house. But anyway, uh, it it's an impressive collection, Frank, and Thank I you. I'm really Thank super stoked about getting into this topic tonight. Okay. Because Let's go. There's, there's got to be so many people out there, right, that are wondering what to do. You know, we're, here we are, you know, 1099s are all due to go out by the end of this week. You know, you've got just people are going to start thinking about their taxes. And collectors have to think about that, too, not just on the personal level, but on the hobby side.
1: Correct.
0: So if you're a collector out there and you're thinking, what, where do I start? Where, When do I need to worry about all this stuff? what would be your your thoughts on that frank My
2: first thought is if you got a 1099 congratulations you probably had a great year last year so you're not getting a 1099 because you most likely lost money. you're getting a 1099 most likely from paypal from ebay because you made money so uh you're talking about what you should do now unfortunately the planning probably should have started uh last year when you started delving into the ebay realm But just because you don't have good records doesn't mean there's not a lot of options. I'm going to take my hat off if that's okay, at the table right now. Uh, It really depends how risk-averse, let's say, you're willing to be. And, Mike, I know you deal with risk aversion all the time. So there's numerous options once you got that 1099K and how to report it on your federal income tax. And one of those options is not not to report it.
0: So not so paying little... taxes is not okay. Sorry, Ty.
2: No, it's no, not okay. I'll tell you right now, people talk about getting audited all the time from the IRS. There's no one person or a million people for them matter at the IRS looking at taxes and call me through. Ooh, let's audit this one. Let's audit that one. It's all computerized now. The, like You don't even have to include anything when you file. You do it all e-file. And the reason that is they're going to have computers and they're going to match up social security numbers from PayPal versus what you got and what you file. And they're gonna look for matches. And if something doesn't match, it's automatically gonna kick it out for another review. Again, probably from another computer, It's probably four or five steps till an actual human is gonna start looking at your tax return and saying something doesn't match.
1: So let's back up a little bit then. So for those that are really new, what exactly is the 1099?
2: The 1099, there's various forms of 1099, but in general, when you receive cash or some type of asset property value that's $600 or more, the person that issued that $600 to you is required to file a 1099. Whether or not how much it cost you doesn't matter. You receive $600. If someone cleaning your house, if you had a maid, let's say, and you paid him or her $600 a year, theoretically you should be filing a 1099 with the government saying, I paid so and so X amount of money and the government gets a copy, and obviously the person performing the service gets a copy as well. Got so, it.
1: So yeah, so everyone gets them from PayPal. Not, not everyone. everyone. Most gets people them. get them. From I, PayPal. I want to make
2: that very clear. The criteria okay. for receiving a 1099 through PayPal varies. It sounds like by state is what it sounds oh, like. Okay. Because I'm reading people in Illinois, which has a different standard of issuing a 1099 via PayPal generally and Mike, you probably know this better than I do. PayPal is 200 transactions or twenty thousand dollars is the general rule of thumb. Mike, you're nodding your head. I'm gonna take that's correct. That's that's correct. So but again eBay
0: has a threshold too. What's that? eBay has a threshold too.
2: Correct. So but again I my understanding is reading on some of these forums that if you live in certain states that threshold may be lower. And because of that you still may get a ten ninety nine for only doing a a thousand or five thousand dollars in sales. Since you receive that money, no matter how much it costs in basis, let's say, and I'll use it, get to that word a little bit later, to receive that money, you're going to get a 1099. You're going to have to report that money to the government.
0: What if you don't get a 1099?
2: My, this is what I tell all my clients. Never volunteer information. If you don't get a 1099, I wouldn't be calling eBay saying, where is it? I mean, worst case scenario is you file it without the 1099. Again, this is just my opinion. And if the IRS comes back saying we have records of you receiving a 1099 and you really did not receive it, let's say you moved or something happens where it doesn't come to you, there are alternatives and the IRS is willing to work with you as long as you can prove you're not lying and just elected not to file it voluntarily.
1: Got it. So okay, so let's just assume someone is in a state that uh the threshold's 200 transactions, 20,000 bucks. Okay. They fall just below that. They don't get the 1099. Maybe they had plenty of good sales on PayPal, maybe they sold some through Facebook Marketplace. Who knows, a, a various different places. When do you need to file taxes? When is a when does a newbie in the hobby should they be absolutely filing taxes if they don't have a 1099.
2: If you're not living with your parents, you probably should be filing taxes. (laughs) Deal. There you go.
0: But as a hobbyist, though, hobby related, is that what you're talking about, Ty? You know, specifically?
1: Oh, yeah, I'm I'm sorry. Hobby related. Your your card sales, when you're selling cards, you don't get a 1099. Do you need to be concerned if you don't have it?
2: I wouldn't be concerned. I mean, I I can only imagine this. We won't even get into today. I bet you there's some teenagers living at home getting 1099s this year. Like, oh my God, you know what I'm saying? I've never had to file a tax return before. And they probably still don't have to file a tax return. Their their parents will have to file it on their behalf. That's a whole separate conversation. Mm -hmm. But yes, well, you need to file your own tax return or with your spouse or whoever, if you're a head of household, because I don't want to get into too deep into these terminologies. If you're on your own and you are filing, if you get a W-2, again, you'll have to file. There's many, most likely if you're living on your own, you're going to be filing a 1040. Right. And
1: I'm just assuming anyone watching this is filing taxes and knows that they need to be filing taxes. Correct. Um, Yep.
0: So explain 1099. You got, I mean, 1099 R, 1099 MISCs. I guess it's not a MISC anymore. They changed it to
2: NEC or various form 1099s. that being said i would really ignore the letter or the digit pretty much i mean there's 1099s for gambling there's 1099s for uh k there's 10 there's all different like you said different 1099s how it doesn't really matter the letter it matters why you got it which i'm sure we're going to get into in a moment here yeah
0: ty you got another question
1: I do. Well, okay. Yeah. So let's let's get into the 1099. Let's dig into that a sure. little bit. Cause I, I want to talk a little bit about how you offset and all that stuff, but that's getting really into the weeds. So maybe just let's clear up the 1099 confusion before we dig into the rest of the taxes.
2: Yeah. I wouldn't get too, if you, once you get a 1099, I mean, it doesn't really matter what the K, the G, the, like the MISC before all, it doesn't matter. You got it. You got to report it. That's the key thing. And TurboTax, which is what I use personally, I don't even use our Computer system that we have at work because I don't want to overcomplicate things. They're very good at walking a general person through completing their tax returns, especially these 1099s. And it'll say, Did you get a 1099K? Then it'll throw into you a what if scenario that we're going to go into to figure out how you're supposed to report it.
0: Well, go for it. You can go get into it unless. Uh... It.
2: Oh my God. There's there, there, a loaded question. Okay. So I got to be honest, I've been reading the blowout forums, and it's uh, it's really entertaining. I got to say, uh, the best advice I saw on there is don't get your tax advice from a baseball card forum, which is true.
0: That. <laughs> that is a good
1: advice. That's good advice.
2: That's very good advice. I mean, get it alone, from a
1: baseball card YouTube channel instead. <laughs> I'm
2: sure they're out there. And normally CPAs would not be giving paid advice, but this is free. Again, in my own personal opinion. There's three key ways you can treat this 1099K you got. Assuming you got it from selling sports memorabilia, baseball cards, autographs, whatever, through. And I'm going to assume again, eBay, you're getting paid through PayPal. The first way is to treat it as a hobby expense. Of course, my computer turned off. Now the hobby expense. Now, of course, you're Mike, me, everyone's going to say, of course, this is a hobby. I love collecting. Now, What you and i think of as a hobby is very different than what the irs considers a hobby the irs considers basically a hobby and there's nine set of rules that they have on their website i'm not going to go through all nine because it's very tedious but the bottom line is what they say is if you're not making if you're doing this not for a profit if you're doing it for pure enjoyment and you know what i want to sell something they're saying that is considered a hobby in their eyes Have I lost either of you yet? No. Good. Now, a hobby from an IRS point of view is the worst way you can classify your 1099. Because with a hobby, what you have to do is you have to put it as it's called other income on the page one of your 1040. And so let's say you get a $10,000 1099. You're going to put all that as other income. But the problem is you can't deduct any expense. So, in other words, any cost to, get, to generate that $10,000 income, you can't list. Its base is zero. Mm. So, and you're going to pay taxes based on whatever of the seven different income categories you fall into based on your overall income. So, you're going to add that income from your W-2 income and some other pluses and minuses. And you're going to get to an adjusted gross income. And that's what your tax rate will be on.
0: To Frank, it's probably important. I'll, I'm going to explain cost basis real quick because that's okay. a term that is yeah, important. Cost of
2: goods sold is being thrown around a lot, I see. in cost basis. Yes. Go ahead, Mike.
0: Well, cost of goods sold and cost basis are two very different things.
2: Exactly. That's why I want people to understand.
0: um Cost of goods sold is literally, I bought a XYZ, you know, a Mike Trout rookie card. I paid twelve dollars for it, and I sold it for a thousand. Your cost of goods sold is twelve dollars. That is not that's your true. necessarily, that's your, huh?
2: That's your cost basis.
0: Well, cost basis is what you've put into the item. Like if you
2: correct, correct, but the twelve dollars is part of your basis. Cost of goods
0: it's part sold, of your basis, but it's not all of your basis necessarily. Because if I took that Mike Trout that I bought, let's say I bought it raw. And now I send it into PSA to get graded, and it costs me fifteen dollars to get it graded. That becomes part of my cost basis on that item. Correct. It's equal to if you buy a house for hundred thousand dollars and you spend ten thousand dollars renovating it. That's actual. they that can be. There's rules for that, but don't get me started. You now have a cost basis on your house of one hundred and ten thousand. If it's worth two hundred thousand, you only pay taxes on the gain beyond your cost basis. That's an important distinction i think so you and i think people don't think about cards and cost basis they think well i bought it for x dollars i sold it for that there's a profit there could be some other expenses that can add to your basis which can help you from a tax standpoint and you have to think about those things like shipping and grading do you agree with that frank
2: i agree where do you get the basis next in the schedule d which is the basis is going to come into
0: yeah but it's important to, for people to what we, we throw out these words like cost basis yes um and, and then the, when
2: you talk about basis i mean it's more if i were selling a car theoretically you could deduct i mean you could think of the mileage driving to the post office i mean every single thing that goes into selling that car the ebay fees, all of everything that every cost that goes into getting that card sold is part of your basis correct so i'm not saying invent things but think really hard because your goal is to get that basis as, as high, high as possible right? without, let's say, lying or cheating. Would you agree with that? Uh,
1: totally. 100%. Okay.
2: <laughs> so I think we could all agree that treating this 1099 and putting it as part as other miscellaneous on the hobby, as a quote-unquote hobby for the IRS, is the worst way. I'm not saying it's wrong. It's the safest way by far to do this. Okay. Now, the next thing is, as Mike was getting to, is lid, listing this as a gain. And there's two types of gains short term gains, long term gains. Pretty simple. If you held that investment, that card for less than a year, it's going to be a short term gain. If you held it longer than a year, it's going to be a long term gain.
0: Why should people care about that? What's that? I know the answer, but why should people care because if it's a short term
2: You're going to be taxed at a different rate between short term and long term. And again, Mike, if you think I'm missing something, because I know we're in a similar field, please feel free to stop me. No, you're doing great. I want your Everyone <laughs> watches to have a somewhat idea. So let's make things easier. We, we just talked about basis before. So basis is all the cost it took to get that one card. Forget about everything else. Let's say you bought a box of cards, theoretically, and you, you bought a box of 100 cards. You got the one great card theoretically your basis you paid a hundred dollars make it easy you paid a hundred dollars for a hundred cards you hit the one ten thousand dollar card congratulations the basis in that one card theoretically is a dollar starting ty do you understand that i'm yeah, going to go to no. you because i know you have a less of a background than mike so no ty's I pretty understand i feel good about other people yeah ty's no. pretty
0: savvy ty's pretty savvy so okay.
2: you're you got it.
1: I, I, I'm the dumbest guy in this room. I'll be very clear with that. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yes, I, I totally understand that. Yep. Okay, so Proceed.
2: again. Tax rate. So if it's a, if you held it less than a year, it's going to be the amount you got from this again 1099 all the sales minus all the basis, and that's going to be taxed at whatever your regular income tax rate is that's gonna be added and whatever that rate comes to that AGI just gross income that we talked about earlier that's what it's gonna go to now if it's long term the IRS they got sneaky about this they used to have just three categories 0 15 and 20% theoretically and it'd be hard to argue otherwise baseball memorabilia are collectibles and collectibles has its own special category. Again, if you held it more than a year 28% tax. Now, again, if your overall tax rate is less than that 28%, the IRS will not penalize you and tax that more. However, theoretically, I think your IRS rate can go up to like 33 or percent, whatever it is. I don't know the number offhand. It won't, you know, it's capped at 28%. So Ty, have I lost wow. you? No,
1: so my, my my question, and I'm sure most people's question is why would you file this as long term gain then? It doesn't seem like a huge incentive. If you're an
2: honest, good person <laughs> and you would never lie and cheat on your taxes, would you?
1: So they, they will so let's say that the long term gain is obviously twenty eight percent, but the short term gain would have been let's say twenty two percent. Correct. They're gonna tax you on the twenty eight percent if it's if a long term. Treat
2: it as long term, yes. Assuming your tax rate is twenty eight percent or higher Got it. overall. Got it.
0: Okay. But if your tax rate is lower, if you're in the 15% it higher than whatever
2: that tax rate is, right? Oh, okay. And again, you you're, let me say something real quickly. Don't do your taxes by hand. Whatever you're doing, if you're doing it by hand, stop right now. So.
0: <laughs> Agreed. Okay. Uh, okay. So That's we, number two.
2: Are we, are we still all, are we still all here? So have I lost?
0: Well, we'll find out. We'll we'll watch the YouTube metrics and we'll see how many people yeah, really saw I know. it's
2: confusing and there's a lot of questions. I'm going to leave my email address and ask Mike if people have questions, feel free to email me. I'd be happy again for free to answer basic questions. If you give it Are You it, sure? Like, Are you sure
1: you're opening you want to open yourself up for that? Are you sure you <laughs> want this?
2: You have to subscribe to my channel also. That's Deal. Well.
1: There you go. You got We'll put your link to your your YouTube channel. You got to yeah, subscribe. You have
2: to subscribe also, which is worth it by the way.
0: I but, totally agree. It's worth it.
2: Uh, so so now we're so we have we've tried two of three things now so is it really a hobby did you buy it with the intent listen I'm gonna buy this stuff but I want to sell it as an investment so it's gonna go on the schedule D whether short-term or long-term and now we have the probably the most tax advantageous which is a biz treating your jetting as a business now the reason you can say something i'm sorry
0: no i said great let's talk about that because i think a lot of people are wondering do i start a bit do i make this a legit business or not you know
2: a lot of people i mean i'm reading all over the blowout forums no you started this you don't have a business you're doing this for fun and you have to get some extra money for it the irs will never allow that i mean there's no right or wrong well there is a right or wrong i shouldn't say the irs does not say you can't do a business anyone with a social security number can do a business do I recommend getting an EIN number from the federal government? Absolutely. It's $25, very easy to get. It looks looks like you'd be more reputable. And I have some advice at the end here on top of that. So, I mean, there's things you can do to enhance your business to really seem like you're doing a business. But I think there's a strong argument to make that if you're doing over 200 transactions a year on eBay, you're running a business. You're, it's a side business, but it's a legitimate business. Yeah, agreed. So yep. now, if you're running a business, this is when the cost of goods sold calculation can come into play. And very easily, people are throwing it out. It's beginning inventory plus purchases minus ending inventory equals cost of goods sold. It's a very easy calculation in theory. So actually, putting the pencil to paper is very hard, which is why one of the criterias for the government that they want to see is you're actually doing this as you're selling your cards. You're keeping... An accurate record of all your inventory, so you know what that your total cost is at the end of the year. So you're removing your basis, and you're now we're trying to get into legitimate expenses of running your business. Now you look at legitimate expenses of running a business. Let's say I'm doing this strictly from my home. You get a home deduction. You know what I'm saying you can deduct your insurance, you can deduct your computer, you can deduct your internet. These are all theoretically, obviously. I mean, the world's almost your oyster to show a loss on your business. I'm not recommending you showing a loss. If you show a loss, you're gonna open yourself up to more scrutiny when it comes to the IRS. But it's not only that, if you show a loss, that's gonna go against any W-2 income you have. And it's even gonna lower the taxes that you're gonna have to owe or increase your refund at the end of the day when you're done with your 1040. So those are in a nutshell your real big three alternatives from the least aggressive, which will give you the least return to the most aggressive, but can get you the most return.
0: If if someone decides to start to go the business route, they're like, okay, I have a lot of costs that go into selling. I buy a lot of stuff, sell a lot of stuff. Would your advice be maintain incredibly accurate records? Number one uh because I, mean, I think course that's
2: my advice it doesn't mean you're going to do it believe me i've gone into legitimate businesses and i go in there and their accounting records are horrible i mean believe me i'm sure these mom and pop collectors are keeping much better records than legitimate businesses uh what you have to remember is the odds of you getting audited if you make less than five hundred thousand dollars a year if you make more than five hundred thousand dollars a year you should not be getting any advice from this channel you should be going to your cpa and emailing me directly But if you're making less than 500,000, as long as you don't do anything really stupid, you got less than half a percent chance of getting audited at random. And if they do audit you, they're not gonna comb through every single line of your tax return. Believe me, they don't have time or the resources for that. They may hone in on the 1099 and saying, the burden of proof is on you to either prove the expenses or prove the basis. Now, I saw someone getting back to basis real quickly on blowout saying, if you don't know what the basis is, put zero. And I can, I don't recommend that. That's just shooting <laughs> yourself in the foot. Because you know you put something in. One thing you can do is, oh, I bought this card, let's say, in April of 2020. Although you probably still have the records then, And I sold it in December 2020. You can look in April of what the fair value was of that card reasonably and use a reasonable basis. So and another recommendation I have is, if you're gonna guesstimate numbers, that's a term I like to use. is guesstimate. It's like estimate, but you're taking a stab in the dark. Don't use round numbers. Don't use oh, it's five hundred dollars here, thousand dollars here, six hundred there. You're just saying to the IRS computers, "Look at me, look at me, look at me." You know what I'm saying no one. The odds of that are like one in a thousand. So, don't mm-hmm. do that. Don't don't make it so obvious that you're signaling to the IRS. Oh, look at me. Cause if, when they come in again, the burden of proof is going to be on you, not on the IRS.
1: All right. So we're talking burden of proof. I get a lot of these records like fees and shipping costs and your purchases, all that stuff is usually pretty documented. Cause it's all electronic. It's stored somewhere. Correct. Um, how detailed truly do people need to be with their records? Right, I mean, what when they go to Walmart and they go buy cards off the shelf, should they be keeping those Walmart receipts? I don't think the IRS thing?
2: is going to ask for a $5 receipt if that's what you're getting towards. So, I mean, if you're going to put your basis down as, I mean, again, if you're selling a $100 card, I wouldn't be too worried about guesstimating the basis. If you're selling a $10,000 card now and you're putting your basis mm. at 9000 something, you better be pretty sure you're close. You don't have to be spot on. I would be close, though. And again, the Got higher it. the number, the more the risk. It's like this is why Donald Trumps of the World are getting audited around the clock. And not uh, the average, I would I don't want to call them average, but like people not making you as much money as Donald Trump. The more money you make, the more likelihood you will be audited.
1: Now that we've said the the name Donald Trump, this video will not show up in any search results. We can
2: guarantee that. Uh oh you edit that out. <laughs> I, I didn't mean that. He did say he I'm totally
1: it. kidding. I'm totally kidding with you. It's awesome. That was a that was a knock at uh Hall of Fame voters, man.
2: I, 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 Shane, I, that's man. a whole separate conversation. I don't want to. Kurt <laughs> <to say that. laughs> Schilling should have been elected based on his performance on the field, and believe it at that. Yeah, we all agree. We all agree.
0: Okay, so you know we don't want to make this go on forever because we want to try to keep it relatively succinct. Knowing there's going to be more questions after this, like we, like Frank said, email him if you have specific questions. Um in general terms what are some biggest mistakes you think collectors will make or dealers hobbyists will make in 2020 it's
2: funny you should say that so i went through a whole blowout forum today and i wrote down my favorite advice people gave which i don't recommend number one paypal can't make you pay taxes that's true they can't make you pay your taxes but if you got a 1099 you better pay your taxes Quote, number two, you need a paper trail with all your expenses. Not true. Don't worry about the even less than a hundred. I wouldn't be terribly upset. Okay, You're, the ultimate goal for any taxpayer is to pay zero in taxes, not get a refund, not pay money. Zero is the ultimate goal. Uh, a good piece of advice here: if you owe more than a thousand dollars because of your Schedule C, there is a good chance you'll also have to pay estimated quarterly payments. The next year taxes next year just be mindful of that so you may get an extra bill which will go against your final tax bill at the end of 2021 uh again i talked about the liabilities on you uh, i was talking to some collectors who do do the schedule c which still does allow for charitable deductions and so what they did is they donated some high value i want to use that word in quotations market value cards to charity so Cards weren't moving, so they donated it to charity to get an expense. Immoral, maybe illegal? No. Go ahead and do that if you're doing a Schedule C. Uh, what else? Someone says you you have to file. You, uh, how you file your 1099 is based on the state you live in. Absolutely not true. This is a federal tax form as well. It's not. A, it's the state is above and beyond the federal. So that's a couple of mistakes I see people making as well. Again, the only mistake I would see people make we talked about using rounded numbers, not reporting the 1099, being too aggressive on either their basis or being too aggressive on their expenses, they do a Schedule C. Personally, I think another expen- uh, mistake people would make is claiming this is a real hobby expense, not getting any benefit from it, absorbing the entire tax bill. That's a mistake.
0: But i can see people doing that because they think it's they they justify they like well that's the easy way it, it is a hobby you know and and they end up shooting them like you said earlier <laughs> shooting themselves in the foot because it's the worst thing to say right um working
2: to do yeah for sure or they
0: don't want to attract oh i don't i don't want to go look up all the i don't want to go do all that i'm just going to claim it as a hobby expense and
2: fine you know if that helps you sleep at night go for it you don't know I'm, I'm not going to tell someone what not to do if i'm their accountant I wouldn't recommend that I mean at the ultimate day oh I saw another one is you need to have your accountant a test which means verify that you really run a business or this really is an investment it's not our job unless you pay us to do that above and beyond our job is to take the records you give us and what you tell us and put it into the tax return as proper and give you advice and if something is blaring or glaring obvious yes we have to tell you not to but if you told me I did 200 sales at eBay I think this is the business there's legitimacy behind that. I'm not going to say it. no. You can't do that, and my concern is people are going to run, and I'm going to knock them. People are going to go to like factories, like h Blocks, Jackson Hewitts, and people there. I, I don't want to. I hate to say this, but a lot of people there just are entering numbers into a screen. Oh, it says to do X, so I got to do Y. Dot 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 dot. They're not thinking. You have to, the Y is so important here to have a good accountant because we literally can add value to your bottom line. Yeah,
1: that's great stuff. I, I wanna clarify something because sure. you get your taxes and you realize, oh crap, we, I had a great year. It was sold $50,000 in cards. Yeah. You can't go start a business in retrospect, right? You, can, mean, start you can start a business as of today.
2: You can still deduct, as, you can still file a Schedule C. As a, they say start a business, that means getting an EIN number, I assume. Right, right, right. You, you can't go back in time and get an EIN number. Let's so if you on.
1: don't have a business, if you didn't have a business in 2020, your option is not to run this as a business. You still
2: can run it as a business. Absolutely, yes, you can as long as you have your own social security number.
1: You
0: just Got use it. your own social. You run it through your own social.
2: Correct. So they're going to ask go. for EIN, you use your own social security mm-hmm. number.
0: Yep. And so, you can do a SEP IRA and all sorts of cool stuff. Yeah, on that. exactly. Cool I mean, different.
2: yeah, that, that, once you get that EIN number, you call Mike. Right. You call Mike the plan. You call me for the stuff that happened, you call Mike for the future. I'm right. the past, Mike's the future. Although you probably should do some tax planning, which you can come to me also.
0: There you go. I am I do not give tax advice. I'm a, C, I'm a CFP. I'm just.
2: So I have a couple of other advice, pieces of advice, if you don't mind.
0: Yeah, please. I would
2: advise, I would advise everyone, if they really want to do this as a business, get your EIN number now. Don't wait. You can make an argument if, if the IRS comes back, which I really don't think they will, as long as you're not overly aggressive. Listen, I realize this is a business. Look what I'm doing now. I'm getting an EIN number. Uh, I'm Change your eBay account to a business account. Set Start doing proper accounting as well. Like we, again, we talked about don't using round numbers. Uh, Mike mentioned it very earlier that your 1099 may not have arrived yet. The Sorry, sorry. Employee people that pay give out 1099s have until January 31st to file them. Then keep in mind the mail has been really bad, so I would wait till February. And something else I'm recommending to all my clients is, I would not file your tax returns this year until after, until like April. Hopefully by then we're going to figure out this new stimulus package. I'm not trying to get into politics, but last time the stimulus was based on your most recent tax return filed. So if your mm-hmm. income is going up this year, which probably it is because of this 1099, my guess is you may get less of a stimulus than you did last, than you would have got it if you didn't held and waited to file this 1040 with the government.
0: That's a great point. That is a great point. Yeah. Uh,
2: rule number one, never volunteer information. If you didn't get a 1099, I wouldn't volunteer and say, oh, I did get." Th-. Theoretically, every dollar you sell should be reported to the government. But we let's be honest. We're not doing that. Uh I'm trying to think what else here uh again schedule c expenses if you decide you're going to be a business guesstimate, but don't pull numbers out of thin air don't say oh yeah uh i spent all theoretically i spent a million dollars in inventory last year i did i bought all these cars but i'm just sitting on them i wouldn't do that i mean your goal is to get to zero you I mean, unless you legitimately had a loss you don't want to go negative it's a it starts to get to red flags so, Ty has
0: so
1: a question. yeah, question on that then. So if you're running a business, right, you have that element of carrying inventory over to the next year. Correct. Do you, what do you recommend on kind of balancing that out? Maybe getting to a point where you're not paying taxes and carrying the rest in inventory I mean, over.
2: Theoretically, this is, we're starting at the tax plan because theoretically you're not going back in time in the line. So 2020 is over. Yep. So this is where you want to get to. I'm not going to, I'm going to answer this real quickly. Talk to your CPA about tax planning and what to buy and when to buy it. Theoretically, these are questions you would ask in December. Am I running a profit? I don't want to run a profit. I better go out and buy a lot of inventory right now so I show a zero profit at the end of the year and not to be taxed on that. Because if you schedule C income, is taxed at 15.3% above and beyond regular income.
0: Because it's considered self-employment income, which is taxed way worse.
2: Look at Michael. He could be a CPA.
0: Hey. I know enough to be dangerous
2: exactly. I love that line I love that line oh, what else I see how we talked about this depends on the state uh, I businesses again I saw there was an article about this saying someone literally said I have a business selling baseball cards and the IRS said prove it. it's like look I buy Beckett every week or every month I'm sorry no that's not gonna count as a business you got to show some effort of being a business so <laughs> I thought that was actually kind of funny and i mean that's really about it. again set up a business account at your bank it's not it's free to do you sort of want you don't want to commingle your personal and business expenses if you can avoid it as well so in worst case you guess it and you get audited if you didn't go crazy and you do get that dreaded irs letter remember the irs will never call you if they call you hang up it's it's a spam they always mail you first they don't knock uh don't freak out. There's, believe me, we got in, the IRS makes mistakes all the time. Also, they're not perfect. It's computers. Everyone's gonna make mistakes. Even if they didn't make a mistake, don't freak out. Talk to your CPA. They're gonna say, "Oh, you owe this but you owe penalty and interest." It's, I'm not gonna say it's guaranteed, but it's pretty easy to get out of that penalty and interest. Again, as long as you're not materially cheating the government. I want to get "material" is a gray word. I understand that. So just don't be overly aggressive. The goal is to get to zero. So wait, Ty, are you sleeping? No, okay, good.
1: <laughs> nope, <laughs> nope. I, I have tried to perfect sleeping with my eyes open, but I haven't gotten down yet, yeah. No, this this is helpful. There's, there's a lot of really good nuggets in here, right? I so think that, I, the I that the reminder to get to zero is yeah, important. The reminder to get to zero is important. Yeah, I mean,
2: if you're legitimately running a baseball card store, and I know people that did, they did very well last year, let's add that. But if they did have a loss, Absolutely, take that loss. You know what I'm saying? If you can legitimately support that loss, take it. It's, it's most tax advantageous to you. But if you're guesstimating, don't give the IRS more ammunition to come after you. Good stuff. Great stuff.
0: Any final thoughts, Ty, or questions that we want to make sure we cover?
2: No, I think
1: this is good. I think this is a good intro. We'll probably have hundreds of questions in our comments and maybe we can yeah, just, I follow mean, up, I, or just follow up with Frank directly.
2: You can follow directly leave him the I don't know how I could respond to your comments Mike but I'm sure you'll be in touch with me. I'm happy to follow the well, well, you can just this watch is the is fun video. For me this is this is a, this is taxes is almost a hobby for me. You know what I'm saying? I have fun with it. <laughs> so because I mean like you you see you make people so happy sometimes like they want to name their next kid after you. So it's it it it's, it brings joy sometimes to save people money in ways they never thought about. They see a 1099, and they think, oh, my God, I owe money. I didn't plan for this. Like slow, pump the brakes a little. Get with your CPA. You have my email address. I'll be happy to reach out for you for free. Let's just spend five minutes and figure out all the alternatives there are. There's no one, what's that, one book fits all, whatever the cliche is. Mm-hmm.
0: But also remember, they have to subscribe to your channel to get the free advice.
2: Well, correct. Once you email me, I'm going to ask for your YouTube name and make sure you're subscribed. We're <laughs> running a great contest. You have to enter by February first.
0: Have I entered? What's this?
2: Your what I don't contest. Think so. Is this? Well, I was trying to get to 100 subscribers. Subscribers, but thanks to Be- Clear Media, I got there in two hours once Mike promoted it. So I'm giving away a bunch of current Hall of Famer and future Hall of Fame autographs. These are not oh. little cuts. These are r- real check stuff. I only I don't believe in cuts really. So which you can sort of see behind me is all dated material.
0: I did enter that contest, by the way.
2: Okay, good.
1: Do you have to
2: claim the gifts that you're giving on your taxes? <laughs> claim the gifts I'm, give- no, I'm giving? No, I'm giving it theoretically. Chill the out. Re- the person receiving the gifts, if it's worth <laughs> more than $600. If I give a gift more than $600, I've got to tell the government that you're receiving it, theoretically. <laughs> And it's under know, the annual yeah, limit. So you're supposed to declare the fair market value of anything you receive to the government, even if it's not cash.
1: Crazy. The things that you're supposed to do. I know. supposed to do Frank, this has been helpful. I'm going to okay. incredibly.
2: I'm going to take uh, off my business glasses now. I'm back to my hobby. So. Well, too.
0: dude, thanks so much for I'll do it too. We'll all be together. Um,
1: look how cool we look now.
0: Frank, your insight was awesome. And
2: I hope it helped. I really did. I'm sure.
0: If it doesn't, I mean, there's going to be hopefully some people that ask some great questions. Uh, if you were bored, then maybe you're not selling enough cards. Maybe get out there <laughs> and sell some more cards. Yeah. But uh, it's, you know, there's just a lot of misinformation out there. And I think it's important and there's, to.
2: There's no absolutes when it comes to filing your taxes.
0: Yeah. Well, this pretend is at least a file
2: Don't, don't, don't pretend that you didn't receive one. Right. That's the only absolute, I like Benjamin Franklin said, the only thing for certain in life are death and taxes.
0: And people <laughs> that are People that are filing now and not understanding. I think it's important. You're, we we need pointed this out two times already. But you may not have your ten ninety nine. Oh, I'm not going to get one. I haven't gotten one. Actually, well,
2: the government's not allowing anyone to file until February twelfth. So you haven't filed your taxes yet.
0: Okay, fair enough. Well, they think they got all their stuff together for their taxes Correct. or whatever, right? Correct. Uh, that's prob that may not be true. So I would wait another three weeks. Then maybe you'll have a good answer to that question.
2: Absolutely.
0: Okay. Well, awesome. I had a lot well,
2: of fun. Thanks for having me on.
0: You bet, man. If
2: you ever talk about Hall of Fame autographs, get me and Bill on. We love to talk about the stuff all day and all night. And Mike, Mike's got a great collection, also.
1: Thank you. Uh, we only talk modern here in Bench Clear Media. No. <laughs> Not true. Now we'll put all your links in the show notes, Frank, so people can find you.
2: I, I also um, have Hall of Fame, I was baseball signed by every future Hall of Famer currently playing, and a lot of them that are borderline. So you nice. can also.
1: So you have Luis Roberts autograph.
2: Uh, you want me to grab it, and you can be less than a minute. <laughs> I can grab it.
1: That's a common joke around us. Is uh? Wait, hold- everyone thinks last year's rookies are Hall of Famers.
0: Here he goes. He's got it.
1: Quick, grab those frames, like, grab Yeah, those right. Frames. Go through the and screen.
2: Look and at this guy. From his first signing when he still signed almost his full name, not the LV check mark that he does now.
1: And so. That is awesome. So cool. You're a, you're a stud. All, All
2: right. right, man.
1: Thank you, Frank. Take care. Thanks for having me. See ya. what do you think? Was that helpful? Oh my gosh. Uh,
0: Obviously see why we had Frank on the show. (laughs) Um, You know, he said there's no absolutes. And I think that's important to remember. Everybody should consult with, because you saw, we we only talked on the federal level, right? I mean, every state you're going to have state income tax potential ramifications, and you got to deal with that in whatever state you're living in. And so- there, there's a lot more to it. We we scratched the surface here. Hopefully, we did a good job with that. Any thoughts from you, Ty?
1: Yeah, no, I think I think it's a. It was a good reminder that you don't need to freak out, right? There, there's a way to do the right thing, and that's when you're getting documentation from you know PayPal or whoever else you're using. You need to you need to put it on your taxes, or else you're you're opening yourself up for some liability. For sure. But, but don't freak out. It's a, it's a pretty simple. And like you said, TurboTax, H&R Block, those online platforms, they make it incredibly easy to do this stuff. They walk you through. You, you almost have to be more stupid not to complete the fields.
0: <laughs> right, right. You know? Totally.
1: So, yeah, that was, that was helpful. There was some good stuff in there. I'm glad we awesome. Did.
0: Thanks, man. That was fun. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, have yourself a good week.
0: Yeah, let's do this again sometime soon. We should. Maybe we'll videos go have by. been good, by the way. Thanks, yours too. Oh wait, do you do videos anymore? Or I don't. You
1: know, know I try to just edit all your guys's.
0: <laughs> you are. <laughs> That's good. All right, man. Have an awesome week.
1: All right, see ya.